The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. almost certainly one of my most favorite guests of all time is is with us today and we're going to have a a really interesting discussion about a bunch of stuff that he's doing because he doesn't sit around doing nothing he's always busy doing something g scott graham is our guest and he is an author he is a coach he is a, a pilot he's a He's I'm a, a pilot now. That's because you just found that out. I just found that out. That's right. He's a podcaster. He's he does a, a myriad of stuff because number one, he likes to be busy. Number two, he likes to help people, and so I think it's it's really cool. So, uh, Scott, how you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. You know, lots of things are going on in the world these days that can make things shaky for people, but I choose not to go down those paths, even though you know. It, it's, it's, uh, you know, disheartening sometimes. I don't go there. You don't have to go there. At, at this point, there's no point in going there because it's just going to bring you down. And right. And that's true all the time. No matter what, there's always going to be something. There, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Tell us about your drone adventures. Oh, that's yes that's my latest here's my look at this i'm so psyched can you see what that says look he, he put a little red stamp on it that said do not get rid of this report do not just destroy this report this is my exam results i took my exam today i was a little disappointed because i got a 90 percent on the exam and i talked to folks about this the other day and they said why would you i said i i, I want to get you have to get 70 to pass that's 70 to pass and i said i'm going to be really upset if i get higher than a 72. <laughs> and they were like what i'm like yeah because you get the license whether you got a 72, a 99, a perfect score. And so if I had shot first, if I got a 72, then that means that, you know, I studied the right amount. This means I studied too much. I could have been working on another book. I could have been working on the podcast. I've got a lot. I could have been clipping the donkey hooves. I got a lot of things I could be doing rather than getting this 90, which is going to turn out to be, you know, the same as a 72. Now, now educate me here because I know nothing about any, any tests or any program that you have to follow to, to uh, be able to fly a drone. What's that all about? I thought you just went to the store and you bought this thing and you learned how to fly it. And then that was that. Well, that's what I thought too, but you know, I have my fingers in all kinds of different pots and, and one of the things I discovered is that if you fly the fly, if you get a drone, and you use it for anything other than recreational use. 
So and then we're not talking about an exchange of money here. We're talking about anything. If you, you know, shoot your brother-in-law's wedding as a gift to them, or you, you know, do something for your church and you use that drone for anything other than recreational use, you need to be licensed. And if you're not licensed, you can get in trouble. And if you're doing that drone work for anything other than recreational use, you are required to follow the letter of the law around airspace and flight heights and all of these other pieces. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because um, my mother, we recently sold her house and they had a guy with a drone who took pictures of the outside of the house and was flying around the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. So he must have had to have a license, too. He should have had a license. Lots of people don't because it still hasn't become this like. Yeah, hugely right. There's not a lot of police out there looking to track down the drone users. But as more and more people are out there flying drones, that is the uh, you're going to see that more and more. And you can fly the you can fly the drone anywhere. Like I can fly over my neighbor's property because you. I was really surprised to find this out. You own your property. You do not own the airspace above your property. So it doesn't go horizontally to the sky, the, the property. It's just what's on the ground. Just what's on the ground. But the airspace above your property is regulated by the federal government. There's Class A, Class B, Class C, Class D, Class G airspace. And you have to know what airspace you're flying in, as well as, you know, war zones or you know uh, military zones where they're practicing parachutes gliders uh, balloons all these things that you need to know well and the and this is a public service announcement by the way because i heard this the other day that uh, there are people actually that will go to where a forest fire is and they will want to take pictures of the forest fire, but they're but when there's a drone in the air, the folks that are flying the airplanes to put out the fire can't do it. Uh, right, right. So you can get into big trouble if you're if you're taking your drone and they find you, and now they've got all well, you know, they've got all the this this technology that they can find out where you are, uh, even if they don't, even if you're not with your drone. Right. As of September 23rd, all drones that are manufactured have to be broadcasting a remote ID that you can pick up on any cell phone. Uh, and that remote ID has information about the drone, information about where you're located if you're not flying with the drone. Uh, and and uh, if you do something wrong, people can figure out who you are and what you're doing. Right. So, so you best be careful because it, you can get into, you can get into big trouble. Now, do they also talk about, uh, flying your drone outside somebody's bedroom window and that kind of thing? <laughs> yes. No, actually they, that, you know, there's no, there, it's not, it, it was not so focused on any privacy issues. It's focused on the airspace and the issue with drones is actually, I didn't even think about this is actually not about taking pictures in somebody's private, you know, boudoir the issue is something goes wrong with the drone it falls out of the sky and by the time it comes down and it hits a small baby that you're carrying in your arms it's a missile 
Um, and so now they're categorizing drones and you can't fly over, you cannot fly over people um, if you've got a certain type of drone. Um, only if you're transitioning. And if you do uh, fly over people, you need to get their signed release uh, to fly over them. Uh, not because of privacy, because that drone could seriously injure somebody if it falls out of the sky. And if it does, you could, and if it, if it really hurts somebody or kills them, you could get charged with manslaughter, I would imagine. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so lacerations, you have to have propeller guards. I didn't know this. Now I have propeller guards. I didn't even think about that till I, till I started getting ready for this piece. And that, you know, the bigger drones are rated by force. And there's 11 pounds of kinetic force, 25 pounds of kinetic force. That's a lot of force to get hit with um, and higher. Um, and, and that's not counting how far it falls. So if, if somebody's like filming at a wedding, all those guests need to sign a release that say, I understand there's a drone and I could get injured and blah, 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 blah. And I promise not to sue you. Promise not to sue you. Which like, you and I both know that that means that doesn't hold the water and it's printed on it or whatever it is. Cause, right. Cause in this country, you can sue anybody for anything at any time. Yes. It's a great country. <laughs> America. <laughs> America. It's, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, I got sued for $50,000 for nothing and it took two years to clean up. And when uh, she presented a case finally in court, um, and she presented her case and we stood up and said, uh, will you dismiss this? And they dismissed it with prejudice without even presenting a case, mm -hmm. but we could not go back and then go after her for the two years that we spent doing this thing. Um, right. So, and so and even though she lost, she won. Right. Right. Which yeah. Cause so the great. pain inflicted on you was great. Yeah, and and I didn't get didn't get to charge mileage or time that I had to go spend in court or the time to pre prepare or any of that stuff. So I, you know, I think it's wise to get a release anyway. So you know, so we're we're talking about the drone piece, and that's you know we're talking talking about the legalities of flying the drone, but there's a bigger piece around this, and that is the importance of stretching yourself. So, you know, I, this, this summer, you know, I've, I've, I think I've mastered the drone. I, pa I passed the test. I passed the test. But if I was taking the ukulele test, which is another skill set I've been working on this summer, I would be failing that test. Uh, but you see, it's important to have something, anything, doesn't matter what it is, crocheting, you know, archery, doesn't matter some place that you're working on and growing forward. So, and I said, and I noticed I didn't say going forward. I said, growing forward. That's the key piece because if you're stretching yourself and challenging yourself, that's going to increase your emotional intelligence. You're going to have more compassion for other people when they're struggling because you're struggling in another area. It's really important to do. Stop I watching television. <laughs> I was something. I was talking to a lady today who is building a business on working with um baby boomers who are retiring and that they've got nothing to do. 
And she stated the statistic that I find hard to believe that a typical senior who's retired and has got no plan and nothing to do, they spend 48 hours a week watching TV. Right. Right. Yeah. Not good. And that's 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 just crazy. And yeah. And it also and, and I think statistically they can now prove that it shortens your lifespan, too. Well, what are you doing while you're watching television? You're sitting around eating ringdings and <laughs> drinking Coke or Diet or Coke or something. Or, Not good. Yes. Right? Not it's good. Fun. Yeah, since I, I did – had I done the Tough Mudder the last time that – I think I did a yes. Tough Mudder, right? Yes. And did I do the Presidential Traverse? Yes. Okay. You, you had right. just yeah. done that. But but talk about the that, that because uh, the Tough Mudder, for one, I thought was very interesting because the folks that put that on, according to what you were saying, and see, tell me if I'm wrong, um, that they, even though you're racing, you're helping each other. And you're helping yes. each other over the obstacles. And, and it, so it becomes a kind of a community event to help people. It is. It is because you're not, the focus is not this competitive piece of somebody succeeding. The focus is there to help somebody else. So when somebody else is struggling, you put a hand out to help them and you're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And you're trying to keep each other safe too. You know, you don't want to do anything silly, you know, like drown or anything like that. That would be bad. Uh, but yeah, cause there's some, there's a number of water elements that you have to go through. Um, that are are certainly challenging. Uh, that some have become some have been around forever. Like there's one that's called the Arctic Enema. Um, what a name! Who came up? How do they come up with these names? They must go to a bar and with a bevnap or something. And like, what can we call this? That would really. And so the Arctic Enema is this one where you go down this slide into this giant thing of. This, this year it was green colored goopy water that's filled with ice. And then you have to go underneath this barrier in the ice and up the other side. That sounds Which like is, such a good time. <laughs> yes, and we think about, so that's, you know, it's a, that's a great example. Like how hard is it to go down a slide? It's easy for to go down a slide, right? You don't have, it's not like you're having to do 4 million push-ups to go down a slide. You get your butt on there and you just slide down, you know, and then how hard it is to like go under and then go underwater for like two feet and come up the other side. You hold your breath and there it is. But it's this ice and mental challenge that becomes this breaking point for a lot of folks. I can't do and it. I can't do it. I can't do it. There's green goo that you've got to go into and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah that you, was that's new this year. I haven't seen the color. There was green stuff and red stuff. I mean, they were just putting goop in the water to make it color. But you, you told me that, and I thought it was really interesting that there was one one of the contestants was an eighty year old man, and he had like an entourage around him making he sure that he made it through. He did. He was he was he was actually there with his family, and they were running. And he asked. He said, you know. Can, could I do this? And they were like, yeah. And there he was with, you know, two hiking sticks and people around him to help him get through. And I mean, that's in this, in this time where, where so many people are so divisive towards each other, it is so refreshing to be around other people who are just there to help and support. It is encouraging, to say the least. 
right. We still can go in that direction when we want to. It's a choice. Just like watching television is a choice instead of crocheting or archery or getting your pilot's license. It's a choice. Exactly. Now, now I, I wanted to ask you about your pilot's license. Was there a, um, did you have to fly the drone as part of the test? No, it was all, it was about all about regulations, weather, airport, uh, airport control, knowing, you know, when you have to get permission to do certain things, how, how high you can fly the drone. So it's not a skill-based test because different drones have different, you know, so this license allows me to fly a winged aircraft, unmanned aircraft. Uh, so any variety of that, and I certainly don't have the skills to fly a winged aircraft, I've only been flying drones with the little four propellers on it. So uh, this, it's, it's really focused on making sure that you know the, it's like with driving, you know the rules of the road, you know what you do at a stop sign, you know how to, how, what it means to pass, you know what a train thing means when, and, and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I just had a thought and, and I'm just going to say it is that, uh, you know, we, we have to get a license to drive a car. We have to get a license to pass a test to uh, fly a drone. But we can pick up an AR-15 and we don't need that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 um, it's unfortunately true. It's unfortunately true. And you know what? I have to tell you this as a, as a gun owner myself and a person who has taken the NRA, NRA, the National Rifle Association offers this incredible gun safety course. Good. You learn, you learn all these pieces of like what you're supposed to do with a gun and, you know, rules like, you know, you only, you know, you only put, you only load it if you're going to shoot it. You only point it at the thing that you're trying to shoot. You only put your finger on the trigger if you're going to pull it. And then they just drive it in, drive it in, drive it in. You would think the NRA would be like, yes, everybody needs to take a gun safety course from the NRA. Yeah, of course. <laughs> in order to get a gun, because uh, it's it's a, it is a really good course that they put on, and and we would have such a shift if people had to take that NRA safety course in order to buy a gun. And, That's just my opinion as a person who took the course. Well, and and I see, I didn't know they had such a course because I've I've never owned a gun, never will own a gun. It's not I don't need to. I don't. I'm not out in the woods. I'm in Seattle. We don't have anything that's going to kill you necessarily. I live in an old folks community, so I don't need to 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 <laughs> half half my neighbors I've never even met because they're in front of their TV for forty eight hours watching You're TV. Yes. And if and if somebody comes and gets you in the old folks community, the important thing to know is that you do not need to outrun that assailant. You just need to outrun the slowest person in your retirement community. That's the important thing to remember. You'll be set. So don't you be watching TV, Kevin. At least get up there more than the slowest person in your community. So you're not the slowest one. Yeah, oh, good. Right. They, got, they got Kevin. I don't have to worry about. I'm safe. Yeah, and, and I, I would make somebody a real fine lunch, too. 
Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a story for another time. Uh, but so I'm glad you did that. I, I, I'm glad that you are busy doing stuff and uh, with your menagerie that you've got there. And, and then did you learn to fly your drone in like your backyard, which is kind of huge? It is. It is. And actually, that's one of the things that I discovered when I was like, you know what, I better learn how to do this after. And it was really I crashed my drone a couple of times and and had to get it repaired. But I got the drone because, you know, I, I have this animal rescue and I want to take pictures of the animals and videos and people can come camping here and sleep with the animals. Um, and and I mean, you're not sleeping with the animals, although if you don't zip up your tent, the, some of the donkeys will try to come in uh, to your tent. But so maybe you're sleeping with the animals. I don't know. But uh, I wanted to take some videos of these pieces so folks could see what it was like. And uh, so I was like, I need to get a drone to be able to do that. And I did. And that's 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 the primary use so far that and probably some stuff on the fire department. So, so how many uh, um, campsites do you have on your property? Well, let's see. I've got one, two, three, four. I have four like remote rem kind of. I don't know if you call you know two hundred feet remote, but there's you know, it ranges from two hundred feet that you'd have to walk up to about four tenths of a mile to get to some of these campsites, and they all have like tent decks that people can stay at, and those really are in the woods away from the animals because I have 107 acres here with the rescue, and then there's a group site that people can put like six tents up at once, um, that's right in the center of the action, so. The animals are free roaming around there. You know, you got to make sure you put your food away or it's all over the place. And we have one RV site with hookups. And uh, then last year, some, some volunteers built a greenhouse with scrap windows. And that is rented out as a, like a glamping. That's turned out to be one of the most popular pieces. I would not stay in a greenhouse. Maybe if I was in Seattle like you. I would stay in a greenhouse because, but you know, here in Vermont, when it's 90 degrees and, you know, sunny in the summer, that greenhouse is like an oven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it really would be. So you've got to, and this is in Vermont. This is in Vermont. If somebody be wants rescue. if yeah, if somebody wants to come and, uh, and stay there and camp with the animals, how do they do that? So it's, there's, there's a service called hip camp. Have you heard of Hip Camp? I haven't. Yeah. Hip Camp is like Airbnb for camping. Oh, okay. And so if you're, and this is this uh, this is not just a plug for me. This is a really a good plug for Hip Camp because I have stayed in Hip Camps. I don't know where. Maybe it's like a hippie camp. I don't know what they were. They came up with the name. But I've stayed in the Hip Camps and traveling. And so if you're, you know, there's lots of parks that are built up uh, all over the place that you can't get you in know, state parks, campgrounds. They're all filled because everybody has a camper. But Hip Camp is still a place where you can go and find places that you can camp. And usually they're like one or two spots maybe three spots on the back of somebody's house. Some places are in the city. You can park and, and camp in somebody's backyard in the city. It's, it's quite interesting. That would be interesting. I'll have, to, yeah. I'll have to look that up. That's called HIP Camp, H-I-P? Yes, H-I-P-C-A-M-P. Oh, very good. I'll have, I'll have to look at that. Not that I'm going to stay in one, by the way, but by the way, do you have facilities for these people? I have bathrooms and stuff? Yes. Yes, there's there's an outhouse 
for people to go. And what I what we tell folks is you can, you know, pee anywhere you want to, you know, and just make sure you pack out your toilet paper. And if you're using toilet paper after you pee, you don't know what that means because you're a guy. But right. gals, you know, often need to use toilet paper. Although when I was an outward bound instructor, I worked with a gal who never used toilet paper and I was like amazed. That's um, a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift. Um, yeah, she uh, she uh, was able to make her initials in the snow. <laughs> That's a yes. talented gift. Leafy, leafy. Because I because I remember because I was like I was like, look, I can do this. You know, you're out camping with somebody for 21 days straight. They're a staff person, and you've after you've done that for like three months in a row, you're kind of close, you know, with yeah. each other. And one of the days we were out winter camping with the group on a 21 day course. And um, I don't know, we were talking about peeing in the snow. And she's like, I can pee and make my initials in the snow. And I'm like, you can't, right? Because what else are you going to talk about when you're in the middle of the woods in the wintertime? And lo and behold, she was able to. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> that is, that, that's, that's a story that needs to go to a book. <laughs> uh, yes. That'll right. be one of my other books. Yeah, the, the gal that could pee in the snow and, and make her name. So, yeah. um, but so you've got a hundred acres. But so, when do you have time off? Because do you do you just let that flow, or do you have to clean it? And I'm and busy. I'm busy all the time with lots of things. And so sometimes, sometimes my life feels like it's plate spinning. So if you, if you think of that metaphor, like if you ever see a plate spinner, they're like going over here and just as they get like, they're fine with maybe two, then they put in three and then they got five and then they got 10 and then you see them running over to one side and then they're running over to the other side because then, the, you know, the first plate they got starts to get a little wobbly, right? And so that it feels like plate spinning at sometimes, but you know, I'm committed to somebody said, why do you do all this? And part of it is that it's, it's energizing for me. Cause I'm, I don't want to be in a retirement home just watching TV. I've got a lot of interest. I have a lot of interests. Um, and I'm, I'm good at a lot of different things, fortunately or unfortunately. And, and the, you know, this rescue was a piece that I started with my spouse and this is carrying on his vision. And I'm committed to making sure that that vision gets carried on because that's a way to keep him alive. That's very important. Yeah, that's, that's very important. And it's also very important for you to for to keep his memory alive in, in everyday life for you, too. Right, right. And I've grown to really love the animals. They know me. They're very, you know, gregarious. You know, was I was in a meeting on Tuesday morning at 7.30 in the morning. I was in a Zoom meeting. And, you know, I, we're in Vermont. So it's, and we're, it's rural. So, you know, I know my front door was, was open. It's not locked. You know, it's not, it's, it's, uh, it, it, that's just the way it is. And so I was on the phone and the dog started barking. And I'm like, I'm trying to have a Zoom meeting here. And I said, hold on. And I went up and in the kitchen was a, was one of the pigs that just <laughs> Wilbur opened the door with, it was like, open this big, this big. He put a snout in there, opened the door. And then one of the chickens was like, where are you going? I'm coming too. And so but there was a pig and a chicken. It felt like, do you ever see green acres? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> 
So you got they went. You, you got pigs, you got chickens, you got donkeys. Uh, what else you got? Uh, we have one rescue peacock. We've had we we've had more than, but we currently have one. Uh, there's three pot-bellied pigs. I'm looking for a home for one of them because uh, I try to keep them in pairs because the animals, interestingly enough, you know, I'm I, a lot of times this is going to generate hate mail from folks. That's okay. Send it all to Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I'm, lot, I'm, I'm there for you. <laughs> a lot of times when people start these like rescues, it's like a really fancy way to say hoarder. And so it's, it's, I am definitely not that way. I like, I don't want a million animals running through here. Um, and so I actively try to rehome animals, but I keep a couple around. So we've got two donkeys. I want to keep two of the pigs. Uh, that's why I'm work, working to rehome the third. There's three alpacas, two sheep, and these animals really serve as the camp counselors, for lack of a better word. And you may not think you may think that sounds really goofy. I know I hear you, but when, if you get a if you get a donkey that's been abused or locked in and has never really been around other donkeys, that donkey does not know what it means to be a donkey no. and how to be donkey-ish. And, you know, whatever donkeys do to the, if they pray to the great donkey in the sky and all this other stuff, they don't, I don't know what that, but the donkeys know what to do. And the donkeys tell the other donkey, this is, don't do that. Get over here and do it this way. And so it, they actually help to reorient, work through, I hate to say this, work through trauma that maybe an animal has gotten is skittish around them. And, and you can see the change as they're hanging out with the herd. It's like group therapy. Um, and then they're ready to go off to home. So now how much does it cost you to feed all these animals or, or do they live off the land? <laughs> this summer they're living off the land. I'm like, they, they, they would rather eat the corn. And I'm like, why, why is the grass growing up so high? And because it's because they've manipulated me so well this summer that every time I come out, they're like, Hey, give us some food. And so I mean, I'm like, all right, I'm done giving you guys corn because the grass is getting really high in some parts and they eat, you know, not all grass is created equal. Right. It's just like not all steak is created equal. There's some good right. parts of the steak and there's some stat parts that you're like, uh, and so they know this and they're like eating all the good stuff and not eating the other stuff because they're like, and then they're like, Hey, we're starving. Give us some corn, give us some other food. And so I'm trying to get them to go eat this other stuff. In the wintertime, you know, um, I get this ginormous bale of hay, those giant round bales. Right. Uh, and that lasts about five weeks, um, three to five weeks, depending on how cold it is. And um, I go through probably 10 to 11 of those a winter um, with those guys. And so, yeah, it's expensive, and so, but we're not for profit. And I've got some people that have donated, you know, to help with the money of the food. It doesn't, it doesn't pay for a caretaker. Somebody keeps saying to me, like, you need to hire someone. And I'm like, <laughs> I got, I'm grateful that I have money for food and for vet bills and for medicine and for, you know, because the alpacas, for example, um, they're not a domesticated animal. 
uh, or I should say they're only recently domesticated. So they've come over and they are, there's a, there's a disease that's carried by deer in the United States and snails eat the parasite and then the alpacas eat the parasite. And because the alpacas are only recently domesticated and they're from, you know, uh, South America, they get sick. And so every, every month in the summertime, uh, some people do it year round, but you don't have to worry about it in the wintertime because it's the winter. Uh, in, in the summer months, they have to get a, a, an injection of Ivamec. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that expensive? And, no, not too expensive. I mean, everybody was taking it for COVID. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, of, I thought about, you know, opening up a COVID inoculation site at one point when all this nonsense was going on about Ivamec because I got some huge bottles of Ivamec <laughs> for the alpacas. The alpacas have not had COVID, um, probably because of the Ivamec. Of, so. of course. <laughs> of, of, of that, I'm absolutely sure. I'm, you know, um, but, yeah. So that's true. By the way, before we go any further, if you are listening to this podcast now or in the future, because this is going to go up forever because he is just that kind of that kind of a good guest and, and we have a lot of fun talking. If you would like to donate to the um, the the rescue, you can do that by how Google donate Willoughby Rescue Vermont. Google that and you'll see that we've got a PayPal or a not-for-profit. And so you can actually sell stuff on eBay and donate the proceeds to Willoughby Rescue. You just have to type in Willoughby Animal Rescue on eBay and do that. Um, you can buy stuff at Amazon and Amazon will, hey, you're in Seattle, the home of Amazon. Yeah. Amazon, will, <laughs> Amazon will donate a very tiny amount. It's like super tiny to the rescue for every dollar you spend. I think it's like for every $10 you spend, they will donate a penny or something like that. It's real. But you know what? A lot of people buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. <laughs> that that well, go up really high. You know, I, I'll tell you, um, I have a Amazon procurement center at the bottom of the hill where I live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like five to eight minutes away. That thing is like, three football fields long and two wide. Um, yeah. And, and I, I order all my groceries and everything through there and they have free delivery and it's always here on time, mostly. And uh, all the ice cream is always still frozen and stuff. So, wow. You know, that way I don't have to go to the grocery store with the rest of the riffraff and have to worry <laughs> about, about wearing my mask and all that other stuff. So I'm right. I'm, we don't have that yet here in Vermont. Uh, what, masks or riffraff? Uh, no, we have riffraff. <laughs> we do have riffraff, uh, but we don't have uh, we don't have Amazon delivery here. So, oh well, it's coming. Trust me, <laughs> it's it will it will be coming. I wanted to ask you too, since I live in Seattle and we've got all kinds of homeless people here. Do you ever get uh, invaded with homeless people that that um, kind of uh, homestead on your on your property? I've had a couple of, you know, I've looked for some homesteaders actually trying to develop the property and it's actually turned out to be a very disappointing process because what I've said to folks was you want a homestead. I've got 107, have seven acres. You know, the problem, this is the problem with homesteading is that somebody has the heart to do that, 
but they don't know if this is really the path for them, right? It's like someone says, you know, my parents say I should be a dentist. And then, you know, they go to dental school and they're in there for two years and they pass out when they're doing dental work. And they're like, God, I wish I had known that, right? <laughs> it's the same thing with homesteading. But for most folks, it's really difficult to really just try it out. You have to have a chunk of money to buy a chunk of land and then you're in. And then if it doesn't work out, you're stuck with the land. What do you do? Is it, you know, how does that go? So I thought, you know what, this, this is the opportunity. I will, you know, let somebody come here for four years rent-free. That's it. You can wow. come here for four years rent-free. I'm not making any obligation after that four years. If you come here for three months and you're like, I can't stand it and you're gone, no heart feelings. After four years, maybe I'll bring somebody else to try it out for, you know, rent-free for a period of time. Take what you have that's not screwed down. You can take it with you. If you built a, if you dug a well, you can't take that with you. That's got to stay there. Um, But you know, that's your opportunity. And I put that out there and I've had people that were like, why don't you just give me the land forever for free? I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> and so I had somebody that said, why would I develop? I came up with a whole little math equation. They says, why would I stop living in my apartment and come live out there for four years if I'm not going to be able to live out there for the rest of my life? And I said, well, let's just think about this. You're paying a thousand dollars a month for your apartment, hypothetically speaking. That's $12,000 a year, right? So that is $48,000 over four years. If you spent $10,000 building stuff that you said, okay, I'm not even going to take it with you. It's just keep it all. You're walking away with $38,000 and four years experience in your property that you can then say, I'm going to go do this, or I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take that $38,000. I'm going to buy a house in suburbia because this isn't the life for me. I don't know. It seems like good math to me. I wish someone had done that for me when I was younger, but I can't find any takers. Isn't that interesting? that's that's, because there's a segment of the population that would like to be off the grid as they say yeah and you know because they either don't like people well enough or they they just want to be in the woods and it seems to me that they could take a an acre or two and and, absolutely figure it out yeah and and then i wanted to ask you too you have the, the this great big uh group in the middle of where you can have a group uh, of folks come mm-hmm. and stay. Yep. Are you able to sleep at night or are they loud and obnoxious? Nope. People are usually really respectful and, you know, quiet. And if they're not, I go out and say, knock it off. So, cause the animals need to sleep. Right. So people, yeah. people are aware of that. So when people come, I'm, I make sure that people know that, you know, and most people that are coming here out in the boonies aren't coming here to, party or carry on and do whatever you see that in like regular campgrounds right like camping camping in regular campgrounds has become kind of riffraffy right Uh, neon lights neon sparkling and and it just like goes on and on people have their like you know know, uh, connecting devices that connect to satellites and stereos and and it's just like a big party um 
but uh, you know, someone comes here, especially if they choose to go for a little one of the more remote hikes in the woods, people are hoping to try to get away. I never right. understood why somebody would spend $150,000 on a motorhome and drive it down the road and take it to a campground and then stick up your uh, satellite TV so that you can watch TV. It's like you're just at home. You just spend two hours or, or, or eight hours to get there. I, I, I've never understood that. If you're going to go camping, go camping. Go into the woods. Go do some stuff. <laughs> You know what it is? It's the piece we talked about on the other on another podcast. Hey, Ken just said hello, Scott. Someone just popped in. Hi, Ken. Uh, and uh, it's the same thing that I talked about in the other podcast where people are kind of grasping for things or trying to hold on to things. And, and there's this kind of lack of acceptance of here's where I'm at. So they get the small pop-up camper, and then they're like, oh, I should get the bigger pop-up camper. And then it moves to this. And then they're like, it's just, you know what? A 55-inch screen is great. And you buy that 55-inch screen, and then you're like, oh, I really need a 65-inch screen. Yes, indeed. And and on and 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 that is what we're sold from when we're young. We talked about that last pod, in, the, yeah. in the last podcast, right? There was a time in America where everybody dressed brown and gray. And that was not a piece. Everybody dressed brown and gray. That was, and and there was this piece of psychology where one of the Sigmund Freud's cousins or brothers, I'm doing it really poorly, came in and was like, you know what? We need to focus on people's individuality. And they started pushing this piece of like dress to express yourself. When you think about it, how many how many shoes do you need? Really, maybe three, right? Not one for every color of the rainbow for everything that you're wearing. You are speaking to the choir, sir, because I've got I've got two pairs of shoes and I haven't worn one in three months. Uh, so I have one and I bought a new pair of shoes. My sister was yelling at me because I bought a new pair of shoes. She said it's about damn time. And it's still in the box in the closet. And I haven't even put them on yet. So because I haven't worn out the other ones yet. You can only wear one <laughs> one pair at a time. Right. Right. I've been wearing Crocs all summer long uh, and. uh and I've got two pairs and uh, my it's one of the pairs is my backup pair for when this other one goes, <laughs> I can put it on, but I haven't, I haven't, um, yeah, I haven't put it on yet. So, so look at that. Ken Williams is in the chat. I can, do you have a question, Ken? Or are you just listening in? I was just checking to see if there was a. Oh, no come on, Ken, ask a question. He's like thinking, how are things in Texas, Ken? Ken, I know, is a, is, a, is a friend of mine. We went to college together, Ken You and still I. know somebody that you went to college with? Yeah, and actually, That's do I have cool. a picture here? I'm going to show you guys so that you can see this. I might not have the picture here. This is in this book, Androphile Pride. And see, I'm going to out Ken if I can find this thing here. Because when I wrote this book, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm being so critical of the gay community. Oh, look at this. And I was like, I have to prove to people that I'm not just this like crazy person. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, look at that. That person in this, see this person right here? That yeah. is me. Whoops. Which way? I'm, I can't see it on the camera. That's me. I'm this first person here. And the person in the middle is Ken. And the person at the far other side with the beard is Barry. So that's how long oh, we knew we were. We were at the Florida State Fair in, geez, Louise, 1980. 
83 it was crazy um and um i mean people were cat calling you, you i mean they were really obnoxious but you know that's why we we're all in ties because we wanted to be like very professional here we are this is the image we wanted to kind of present you know we've been in covid so long that the gentleman with the beard i said why is he wearing a mask um <laughs> Uh, yeah. Are people still in Seattle wearing masks? Um, I am. Because <laughs> there, there are actually fewer and fewer and fewer of them. That um, is really fun. It's, it's, it's happening here in Vermont, too. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it because it's, you know, it is still out there. And I just, am, I, and I said to someone the other day, I said, you know, I was on another podcast and I, and I said, you know, I choose to not get COVID. And someone took offense and was like, well, I didn't choose to get COVID. I'm like, yes, you did. If you're not wearing a mask, if you're going to a party hanging out with people who are, you know, coughing and wheezing, you're making a choice. And that's a choice to get COVID. Just it's like, you know, there's no difference between that. And if you I have a friend, another friend that I went to college with. His partner is got a lung replacement. Oh, no. I'm going to talk about tough tough things that's a surgery his partner cannot get a cold for christ's sake let alone covid i mean they are there's no way they're going to get covid no way on this planet they're masked up they're doing i mean they're so diligent right it's like someone it's like it's the same thing that happens to some a parent has a kid who has um a peanut allergy those parents with those kids that have a peanut allergy are like, ah, right? I mean, they're like, what, what's in that? What's in that salad, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's in that soda? Let me, they're reading the labels. They're doing this because they know if that kid gets a peanut, that kid is going to have a reaction. It's not just going to be a little reaction. They're going to have trouble breathing. Yeah, and sure. so, right. And so they even have an EpiPen. Yes, that they carry with them that they paid seven million dollars for, um, because that's how much the the company who manufactures them wants to make. Uh, but they have that EpiPen for that kid just in case, right? That if if you can be that focused around a peanut, you can be this diligent around. You just you're just sloppy if you get COVID. Sorry, well, I hope it's not offending people. But right, Kevin, if it's if it yeah. is. No, absolutely. Well, have you ever been on an airplane and the stewardess will come on and say, today, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to serve peanuts because there is somebody that's allergic to peanuts on the plane. Right. And, and so they won't serve anybody a peanut. Right. Um, you know, so which, yeah. what, but when you're talking about a life and you're talking about something that's that way, I mean, I'm 64, about to be 65. And I'm not always in the best health. You must be because you're, well, of course you did the Tough Mudder and all that kind of good stuff, but I don't want to get that. I don't want to get COVID. I, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to not get that. And I had to laugh because my, my, um, um, the, my uh, um, consultant just graduated from business school. And mm -hmm. so they had a graduating ceremony, right? And they had all these people and they were in, you know, the, the, the itty bitty seats that they give you for uh, when they're, when they're packing, you know, like for uh, banquets and stuff and they're packing people together, mm -hmm. they were, they were 
they were zip tied together next to each other. And then all these people were shoulder to shoulder and nobody was wearing a mask. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's risky. It's, yeah. it's, it is so risky, right? It's, and, and, it's and, and especially when it's so easy, it's so easy because, you know, all you have to do is prevent that transmission by, you don't even have to get vaccinated. I don't care whether you believe it or not. Just put on a mask. That's what's going to prevent it. That's, you, you know, if you, it might, you know, the, the, the vaccine might ma- not make it as bad and, or might help, but it's not going to make you immune. You got to wear a mask. You got to wear well, a mask. Yeah. Just like if you're having, you don't want to get HIV, wear a condom. You don't want to get, you know, syphilis, wear a condom. It's very straight. It's very simple, straightforward. Um, it really is. And you can take care of yourself and it would be better if we all took care of our, yeah. took care of ourselves rather than risking it and ending up because, you know, every, every person that ended up in a hospital ended up in a ventilator and most of them died, uh, said to themselves at one point, how fucking stupid am I? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, so I, th- I, I think it's, I think it's really important that, that people take that we take care of ourselves and because nobody else is going to at the end of the day nobody else is going to do it for us yeah absolutely i was going to go away this weekend camping and i was it was at at a a gay campground in vermont and uh i and they're having an event this weekend it's some sort of uh it's like a toga party and something else so it's it's an event (laughs) so i mean just picture toga party animal house right that type of and i'm like i'm like I'm like, I can't go. I can't go because I, I can't, I called him up. I said, I'm really sorry. I can't go because I'm, I'm just too freaked out that I'm, that you, you, people are going to come from all over the place to come to this, not just to go camping, but because it's like this toga party or whatever that they're putting on that, uh, you know, I don't want to get monkeypox. I don't want to get exposed until I, at least I get a vaccine, right? Which I don't know, we'll get for Easter next year, the way they're dragging their feet. Yeah, and now um, now that that's a big is a growing thing now. That's kind of going to be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and I mean I've I it's, today's tomorrow's Friday. Yeah, it's my day to call all the people that need to get called. And so every Friday I call the Department of Health, and I'm like, hey, is it COVID? Well, I mean, do you have the monkeypox vaccine yet? I mean, they're going to figure out now that it's me if they see this podcast. But every Friday I'm like, what's going on? How come it's not here yet? Um, and I I'm, hear that that is a particularly nasty thing with, with welts and all sorts of, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. And you can spread that. You can spread it when you don't know you have it. That's really nice, right? You can spread it when you don't know you have it. Surprise. Um, and it can get spread by touching. So, and it can get spread to animals. And it can get spread through linens. So if somebody has monkeypox and sleeps in your bed and they've got some sores and they're contagious and then they get out and go home and then you get in your bed and get it, you can get monkeypox. Really? You're going to make me not want to be around any human being ever again. (laughs) Come to Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) As I was thinking about it, I'm like, I can't go. I can't go because I'm going to be like, I'm going to be, I'm going to go there and then I'm going to be paranoid. I'm going to be like avoiding folks and people are going to think like I have mental health issues because they'll be like, stay away, stay away, stay away. Well, you're um, not going to have a good time. if it, no. You know, and, no. 
I, you know, I don't know if the, we are ever really going to get over this in any of this stuff because it seems like it's coming one after the other after the other. It does feel that way. It does it, feel that way. It's hard. Exactly. It's it's hard to figure, and it's hard to figure out exactly how much is being hyped up by the media and how much is really accurate. Right? It would be nice if it, if there wasn't so if they weren't using such flowery adjectives and adverbs in all the headlines that are you know that that come out and it was you know just said this thing happened but there always has to be a little bit of a oomph to it and that really gets people wrapped up with you know that it's this grasping thing that we talked about at the last podcast grasping or pushing away right i don't want to get it creates fear and anxiety or it creates attachment and those are the things that that uh, ultimately make us really unhappy. Well, and that's, and that's, they go for the clicks. They go for the, uh, the sensational uh, um, um, uh, um, titles so that, so that people will read it and pick up the newspaper and, and all of that. So it's not even about the content as much anymore. It's about, it's about what, how you can sell the article with the title. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't matter if you read the entire article. They, if you can, if they want you to just uh, click on it. And once you click right. on it, then you're good. It's the same mentality of these sites that say things. This is exactly what it is. You viewers probably see this and know this. They're like, they like show a picture of somebody that you saw in and on television like 20 years ago. And it's like, you should see this person today. And then you go and it's one site with one picture and like, and then to see the next one, you have to click and wait for the next page to load and read that. And, and there's all these advertisements. And if you click on, and there's like 16 different next buttons. Right. And if you click on the wrong next button, suddenly you're seeing an ad to buy a car instead of because <laughs> it's just they're there to. Oh, well, yeah. and you, what's really irritating is that button keeps moving because you, you, <laughs> you go to click on it and it drops down and another button takes its place. And then you end up someplace you don't want to be. Yes. Yeah. 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 It drives it drives you crazy, and and I I had one just the other day because they were talking about um, movie scenes that never were meant to be in the movie that were in the movie, and they uh-huh. showed uh, the uh, Shawshank Redemption, and uh, which is a movie I really liked, and I wanted uh-huh. to find out what was not supposed to be in there that was in there. They never showed it. It was a lost trailer for, and they showed a bunch of other stuff, but they never showed that. And right. Right. So when that happens, here's your tip. When next time you see that happen, when they're like, you know, Shawshank Redemption, you know, see the stars today, right? Or Shawshank Redemption, errors in the movie you missed. Don't click on that. Go up to Google and type in Shawshank Redemption's errors in the movie I missed. Go. (laughs) And that bypasses all of that bullshit (laughs) you have to surf to get that <laughs> all right it's, it, it really is something it really is amazing and it's it's awesome so you know we've wasted our whole no we have not wasted our time we've had an, a I very time what time is it oh wow can't still hear no i don't even know he just said hello um, Scott. I, I, we're we've got a couple people listening still but but uh it's it's awesome having we didn't even get a chance to talk to the about the books can you would you can i bother you to come back again 
I would love to come back again. We can talk about motivational interviewing. We can talk about counseling. We can talk about, you know, setting goals. We can talk about the bucket list. You know, I'm almost done with my next book. We can talk about that book when, when I come back. So that's. When do you have time to write when you're busy with the, with the, the 106 acres and learning how to fly and it's hard. I'm plate spinning. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. But you're going to stay young for a very long time. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yes, indeed. So everything on the way out. I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I do this all the time, and I want to do it again with you. I'm going to step aside, and you tell our audience anything that you'd like, anything that's on your mind, anything at all, anything that you'd like them to know now or in the future. I would say the biggest thing for you to make sure that you know is that fear is not your friend and at the same time hope is not your friend because both of those things are pulling you in directions you don't want to go really you acceptance is your friend uh and it, and generate more of that in your life work to have more acceptance there we go. I think, I think that's that's pretty awesome then next time i've got something that i want to share next time as well Oh. It's, it's a little it's a little thing that i i'm calling authentic grit and you my friend have it oh i can't wait to hear i'm gonna rem, i'm gonna remember that i'm gonna write down we can talk about that absolutely because authentic Excellent. grit is somebody that is living their lives to the fullest and taking every day and doing the best you can with it and becoming an excellent person at just who you are Oh, you got to come on my podcast and talk about that. Because, and you can say this, I called following your true azimuth authentic grit. And this is my example of authentic grit. It'd be perfect. I would love to. You, you pick, you pick it and I'll be there. All right. Excellent, my friend. We've been talking with S, with, with Scott, uh, <laughs> Scott with, Fitzgerald, <laughs> with, with G Scott Graham and, uh, uh go Go to gscottgram.com, and uh, and he's got 16 books. Um, he's doing this podcast. He's doing a ton of stuff. He's, he's a life coach. Um, I, give him money so that he can feed the animals and, uh, and be very – it's just amazing to me, everything that you got going. It's just – you are my hero. Thank you. I feel yeah. like all <laughs> – see, that's not good. That's not good. Because really, that's just giving me something to grasp onto. So, <laughs> careful. We can talk about that. Losing my equanimity. I don't even know what that means. So, we'll talk about that next time, and you can educate. Right. Yes. Thanks, buddy. Thank you very much. It's I, I I could talk for another hour, but I you I know you've got another plate that's about ready to start stop spinning, and you got to go. <laughs> I got to go get that plate. <laughs> go get another. plate. <laughs> so uh again uh g scott graham go to gscottgram.com and uh find out all about him he's worth every moment that you're going to do it if you'll hang right there i will be right back hey thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of positivetalkradio.net please visit our website oddly named positivetalkradio.net for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all i'm kevin mcdonald and i'm proud of these shows and i truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family so on behalf of our entire team remember be kind to one another because 